Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. If this is your first time, I will, I will make you mad at the end of the service, just like I made everybody mad last week. Um, I told you the story about how I w- I, we were branding cattle and it was a hot and dusty day and everything. And I was on the back end of, the back end of a calf and, you know, we, they had drug it to the fire and everything and we had pulled the rope and the tail in different directions. The calf hit the ground and we took the rope off. And I was on the back end stretching out so this cow could get branded. Well, my back was to the rest of everything going on. And we had put the cows over on this side. There wasn't a good set of working pens or anything like that. We'd put the cows on this side, and the calves were, you know, right there balled up, and mamas were trying to get to babies, babies were trying to get to mamas. And so I'm sitting there, and I've got this one stretched out, and I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, everybody, all the vaccinators, all of the cutters, all of the branders and everything, they all went and ran off. Well... I'm cowboy and ninja enough to know that when people start running, you don't ask, what are y'all running for? And so my guy that's supposed to be on the head, he leaves. And I've still got this big old calf, and I don't know whether to turn loose and run for the hills or what. So I turn loose and I try to get up. Well, me and the calf were trying to get up together, and he kicked me right in the chest and knocked me back down. So I knew that whatever... Mountain lion, I, I, I had a lot of visions that, you know, it was probably a T-Rex or, or something like that. But I figured now I had lost my opportunity to get away, so I broke into my ninja fighting stance, which most of you, if you were here last week, you know that's more commonly known as the fetal position. It is not a defensive posture. It is an offensive posture where you confuse the attacker. They think it's a defensive, but it's not. And so I kind of curled up waiting for something to happen because, I mean, everybody was on the fence like, and I hear, hold up right there, sweetheart. And all of a sudden, I just felt this stuff hit me in the back. And I looked over my shoulder like that, and a mama had jumped. That baby's mama had jumped the fence, and she was fixing to kill me. Well, luckily, the guy that was dragging had seen what happened, and he was just about to throw, and he just altered his loop. He just reached out there and roped that mama as she went over the fence, and he dallied, and I mean, he smoked it whenever I turned around. The knot of his rope was right there. He barely, just enough, got her stopped, and sure, she's run. Of course, the baby's by her, and so she settled down now and everything like that, and I kind of raised up. I looked at it, I said, where y'all go, sissies? <laughs> Told you I had this. I'm glad the smoke kind of dissipated. The, the, I'm, I'm, I might have peed just a little. <laughs> you know that cowboy, when he reached out there and he wrote, he had just enough rope to keep me from getting hurt. And, you know, I, I had just enough friends to watch my back that day. I had one, just enough. Today, this is what we're going to be talking about, is just enough. Because, unfortunately, we live in a society where just enough is good enough. And we're going to find out how today how to blow past just enough 
and get everything that God has promised you. See, that's what we've been talking. This is the third week that we've been talking about how the Israelites are entering the promised land after 40 years in the desert. And, and, and the funny part about it is everybody thought they wandered around for 40 years. They went straight to the promised land, and God says, okay, y'all get in there and just, I'm going to kick all these people's tail. Y'all ain't got to do nothing but just go in there, and I'm going to do all the fighting. They got scared. They didn't do it. So God sent them back out into the desert for 40 years. It didn't take them 40 years to get to the promised land. They got there and then didn't do what God said. So God said, well, y'all go back out there until you learn your lesson. So now Joshua is leading the Israelites. They're, they're big. They've come up to the Jordan River. They've already whooped a couple of people. And um, they are getting ready to cross in to the promised land. You know, when we get what we want, a lot of times the job is over. I mean, how many times have you been around people that, you know, they want help, and as soon as you get done helping them, they're like, hey, you know, I appreciate your help. I've got to go do my own thing, and they don't want to help. Well, there was something like this going on with the Israelites because what happened is there's 12 tribes, and Moses had divided this promised land up to all the tribes, you know, this person, this tribe, the tribe of Judah got this. The tribe of Reuben got this. The tribe of Gad got this. Aren't you glad that your name isn't Gad? And so, um, anyway, they had divided up, and there was three tribes. There was the Reubenites, there was the Gadites, and there was the half-tribe of Manasseh, because Manasseh had kind of split into two, two groups. And so, so the Reubenites, the Gadites, and, and half of the tribe of Manasseh we're going to inherit the land that they had just conquered east of the Jordan River before they crossed into the main part. Okay, so you, that, that's going to become important right there. The Israelites had conquered the east side of the Jordan that would be given to the Reubenites, Gadites, and half-tribe of Manasseh. These three had their lands and were quick to wish their brothers well in their endeavors. Now, now you know, they, they kind of said, um, well, we got our part done, so... Good luck with y'all's part. We're going to go over here and rest in the lands that Moses promised us from God. Now, they didn't really say that. That's just kind of when you read the text, it's just a little bit inferred in there because Joshua has to remind them. Okay, now we got y'all's part done, but y'all are still going to have to come across and help your brothers out. Well, you got enough people. You got enough people. You know, it's not good enough to have just enough. We are all in and we're going in here. You know, a lot of times we have that same attitude today, unfortunately. And, 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 and it's not relegated to people sitting in, in, in metal chairs or people watching the internet or people driving down the road listening to the radio. It's, it's relegated to cowboys in black hats that stand on platforms and, and, and talk to people a lot because we want just enough God to get us out of a wreck. Think about that. We want just enough God to get us out of a wreck. You know, because a lot of times we're like, oh, the life is great, blah, 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 you know, Skittles, and I've got a unicorn, and blah, blah, blah. And, and then something happens, you're like, oh, God, please help me, please help me, God. Oh, God, just be with me, God. You promised never to leave me nor forsake me. And as soon as, the, soon as it's over, you forget all about God. See, we live in a society that says they believe in God, but really I think what they believe in is, is they just believe in just enough God to get them out of a wreck. And how sad is that? And, and we have the same attitude of, of where we, you know, 
I ask people all the time, and I bet I said this a hundred times over the last four days in Tucson. I said, do you really know how to get into heaven? And most people know the answer to it. They'll say, Jesus Christ, faith in Jesus Christ. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through the Son. Jesus said, whoever believes in me shall not perish but have everlasting life. Pretty simple deal. How do you get into heaven? Jesus Christ. And then I say, what would get a person into hell? And they're like, oh, man, if you commit adultery, if you commit murder, and if you do this and you do that. And I'm like, nah. See, that's wrong. The only way you get into hell is if you don't have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. There's only one way in and one way out. Now, sin does hurt our relationship with God. And the longer we remain in sin, it's kind of like that cell phone that keeps crackling and, and, and going out. And you're like, what? I can't hear you. I can't. we got a bad connection. It, sin makes it hard for you to hear God. Sin makes it hard for us to see God. Sin makes it hard for us to know what God wants us to do. So don't get me wrong. Sin is very detrimental, but sin does not send us to hell. Not having Jesus Christ in our hearts does. But my point is, we want just enough Jesus to get into heaven. But we don't want to really give our lives to Him because, I mean, my gosh, what would our friends think? I mean, what, what would our family say if we, I mean... Because it, it'll happen, you know, oh, you just one of them Bible thumpers, huh? Well, I ain't never thumped my Bible, not one single time. I don't know what you're talking about, you know. Good grief. Todd just thumped his Bible. He's a Bible thumper. That was very good, though. I heard that, Ty. It was good. Yeah. But, you know, we, we want just enough God to get us out of a wreck. And we want just enough Jesus to be sure that we slide into heaven. And we want just enough Holy Spirit to get us by without having to change our sinful ways. Well, you know, I, you know, I, I know that the Holy Spirit is, is God's power. Jesus said that he's going to go away from her. Uh, her. <laughs> Jesus is going to go away from her here, and he's going to send the comforter. And, and it's the Holy Spirit that leads and guides us and, and is there for us. The Holy Spirit teaches us wisdom and shows us the way and, and all of this stuff. And, and boy, we like the idea of somebody showing us the way and giving us wisdom and, and the power to, to have prayers answered and, and all of this stuff. But we just want just enough of the Holy Spirit to get us by. But we don't want to change what we're doing. See, we, we want to have one foot on this side of the fence and one foot on this side of the fence, but I tell you what, that barbed wire is sharp and you don't want to be straddling it. That wasn't in the notes. But you know what? God reminds us that just enough, just enough God to get us out of a wreck, or just enough Jesus to get us into heaven, or just enough Holy Spirit to get us by so that we can kind of do what he wants us to do while still remaining in the world. God reminds us that just enough isn't good enough and it's nowhere near enough. Think about that. See, and Joshua has to remind the three tribes or the two and a half tribes in Joshua chapter 1 verse 14. He said, your wives, your children, and your livestock may stay in the land that Moses gave you east of the Jordan, but all your fighting men ready for battle must cross over ahead of your fellow Israelites, you are to help them until the Lord gives them rest as he has done for you and until they too have taken possession of the land the Lord your God is giving them. After that, you may go back and occupy your own land which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you east of the Jordan toward the sunrise. What can we learn of that? What we can learn of that 
is, guys, you need to get off your tails and do something, and the wives can go sit down. I thought that was going to go over a little better than it was. I, I, I really did. I'm going to be honest. I, I really did. I finally say something to y'all women about, man, you, you don't have to do nothing anymore. Just go back and rest. Nobody says a word. <laughs> Guys, we're all going to have to pray for our women. You know, sometimes we, that, that's really not... We, you can get that out of it, but it, you know that's really not the point. Sometimes we need to be reminded that just because we might have reached where we want to be, that doesn't mean that the job is finished. Does that make sense? Just because we have already got to where we want to be, that doesn't mean that we're finished and we can just sit back and, whoo, man, I'm saved. I got the Holy Spirit with me. Man, I, I even bought a Bible. I ain't got to do nothing else. This is awesome. Just because you are where you are does not mean that we're finished. Joshua didn't just tell the three tribes that they had to help. Did you notice what he said? He said, not only do you have to come help us, but you have to do what? You have to go to the front lines. He said, you must go ahead of your brothers. You've already got what you want. Now you go first, and we're going to follow you. They were going to be on the front lines. Just because you're saved doesn't mean that your job is finished, and it means you get to go to the front lines, and it's time to fight for everybody else until they get what they want, what God wants for them. You know, those three tribes... The Reubens, the Gads, and the half Manessas. They understood then that the promised land has to be the all-in land. You know, it's not just for a few to go and, and, and do something. It's for all of us to go and do something. Not just a few. Just because you've reached the point where you want to be doesn't mean that we can just go, whoo, man, I got to kick back now, man. I can kick back here and maybe just point my finger offer a little bit of criticism every now and then, just make sure everybody knows I'm paying attention. It ain't like that. we got to go to the front lines. We are to depend on each other. See, allies fight in the fight. And y'all, some of you here have already done that. You have already accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You've probably already had some people, oh, you want them Bible thumpers and everything. That's okay. Those people, that's just a barking dog. It ain't, it ain't no big deal. And... I forgot where I was going to go. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're to depend on each other. See, I, I told you last week at the very end of the service, I said, see, there's going to be an ally. Though, uh, not, just, not just God that, that is hard to see sometimes and hard to hear from sometimes and hard to talk to sometimes and, and, and stuff like that. And if you think that when you become a Christian that all of a sudden you get the burning bush right next to the TV, you're, you're probably not going to get that, okay? You know, you're probably not going to hear God's voice out loud. You might, but maybe not. But you're going to have an ally that you can reach out and you can touch. You're going to have an ally that you can talk to. You're going to have an ally that's going to have your back. You're going to have an ally that's going to keep you from getting run over. And who is that ally? Look to your left and right because it's your brothers and sisters. You don't have to do this alone. See, that, that's... that's that's, the, that's the, the misconception because most of you at some point in your life have probably felt like you're the only one that feels this way. You're the only one that, that, that if everybody really knew, everybody thinks you're lively and bubbly and, 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 and you're, you're happy, but inside you're, you're really kind of miserable. 
You, you, you think that you're the only one that, that is, is deep in debt and, and just doesn't know how to get out. You've made some bad choices. The stuff that you're still paying on don't even work anymore. It's out there in the garage. It's got 14 feet of dust all over it. You know, you're, you're not the only one. You're not the only one that, that struggles with trying to find what God wants you to do. You, sometimes you, have, you struggle just hearing from Him. Sometimes you have trouble praying with Him and you get about this far. Oh God, you know, I, I'm just going to really try to pray and, and, and I really need to go do the dishes. And uh, yeah, that's about as far as you get. Or it's like, I'm going to pray every night. God, we just, I just thank you for... You know, I mean, you're not the only one. You're not the only one. I'm going to be here for you. Mike's going to be here for you. Dennis is going to be here for you. This Dennis is going to be here for you. Ty, Neil, Gary, Gary, Gary. How many Garys do we have? Got like four or five. They're going to be here for you. We are your allies and you are not alone. You're not alone. We've got your back. We're not going to run off from you. When the mad cows of life jump over the fence and attack, we're not going to run off. We're going to finish the job, and we're all going to go all in. How do you do that? I mean, honestly, how, how do you go all in? If I was to, I'm just going to call on somebody, and you come up here and tell us how to go all in. Um, let's see, who's it going to be? Uh, no, not really. I wouldn't do that. Ty, come on up, tell them how it's done. No, not really. I'm not going to do that. How do you go all in? I'm going to try to really put it in simple terms. Now, just because it's simple terms, you know, roping, all you have to do is throw the rope over the cow. That's all you have to do. In golf, all you have to do is hit that little stupid stinking ball. You want to see me lose my Christianity, invite me to play golf. Going around hitting a little dumb dumb white ball with a devil stick. <laughs> Stupid. How do you go all in? Just because we can say it simply doesn't mean that it is actually simple whenever we try to put these things into practice. Okay? But I want you to listen because if you are a Christian or maybe you're thinking about becoming a Christian, you've, you've heard a lot about it, but you know, the, your idea of a Christian is, man... Ugh, that was kind of like you know that, that guy that you knew over there that was just dumb. He was real religious and talked bad about people. And, and, and that's not Christianity. That's religious. Neanity. Religionianity. How do you go all in right here? Do what God says. Do, do what God says. And, and you might be thinking, well, I don't know what God says. Ty, that thing that Ty was thumping on over there, that thing is chock plum full of things that God has told us to do in one way or another. A lot of times he says, man, if you want to find success and prosperity, if you want to be happy, if you want to have eternal life, you go down this trail. If you would like to go over here and get a flat tire and, and fall off the cliff and, and get stung by, by bad things and have life just, just stomp on you, by all means, go down this cliff or go down this trail. See, read, read the Word. Listen to what Ty has to say in the morning. I mean, I do my best to tell you every week something that God says for us to do. And it really is that simple. If you want to go all in, do what God says to do. The second thing is, go where God tells you to go. 
I mean, you know, and that's not just like a physical location, but that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a spiritual location also. See, I, I can guarantee you if, you, if you want a little taste of it, and since we're talking all about guys doing stuff, um, guys, God has commanded y'all to be leaders of your household. That does not mean that you are the big bad boss that every time you bark, somebody better jump. That is not what that means. You are supposed to be the spiritual leader of your house and lead your family down the path of righteousness. My, my tongue got going a little fast there for my Texas accent. Guys, you're supposed to be the leaders of your household, leading your family down the path of righteousness, loving your family as Christ loved the church. As a matter of fact, He loved the church so much He gave His life for it. See, you're supposed to love your family that much. And you know, everybody, I'm just going to go ahead and say it because we all know in Ephesians chapter 5 it says, Wives, submit to your husbands out of the reverence for Christ. Oh, sure, it says that, all right. Jump up one verse before and it says, Submit to each other out of your reverence for Christ. It's not just ladies. Sure, it says that. But I guarantee you, if you're a leader, you are submitting, giving your life to leading your family where your family should go. So go where God tells you to go. Head towards that path. Show your family the way. Do what God tells you to do. See, God's way is the only way to success, prosperity, happiness, and life. God's way is the only way. The only thing that will ever truly fulfill you, the only thing that will ever truly make you happy, the only way you will truly ever be successful is by following God and becoming the man or the woman that He has called you to be. And that's what He wants for you. And you're not going to have to do it alone. We're going to be there with you. God said He would never leave you nor forsake you. His Son came to die for you. He sent the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us. But you know what? Rebelling against God leads to death. One clarification. One clarification with that. Rebelling against God leads to death. God is not trying to kill you. He's trying to save you. You are at a high lope, whooping and spurring, and you're in the fog, and there's a cliff right over here. And if you keep going that way, you're going to run off that cliff, despite the fact that God has got everybody out there going, No! Wait! Don't go that way! Don't go that way! Dude! No! 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 But some of us just keep whooping and spurring right towards the edge of the cliff, and then we go off and we go, Whoa! Why did God do that to me? He's not trying to kill us. He's trying to save us. He sent His Son to die so that all we have to do is believe in Him, give Him our lives, and we may have eternal life. How do I know that going all in is to do what God says to do, to go where God says to go, and that rebelling against God leads to death? I didn't just make that up. I pulled it right out of God's Word. Coincidentally, we're in Joshua chapter 1, starting in verse 16. Then they answered, and the ones that answered are the two and a half tribes, the Reubens, the Gads, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, they said, Then they answered Joshua, Whatever you have commanded us, we will do, and wherever you send us, we will go. Now, Joshua wasn't just giving commands just because he felt like it. God was telling Joshua what to do. Joshua was passing it along. There was no Bible back then. Okay? So when they say you, they're talking to Joshua, but they're not pledging their allegiance necessarily to Joshua but who Joshua works for. Then they answered Joshua, Wherever you have, whatever you have commanded us, we will do. Remember I said if you want to go all in, you got to do what God says to do. And then it says, and wherever you send us, we will go. Remember whenever I said, go wherever God says to go? 
Just as we fully obeyed Moses, so we will, we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. See, it's all about God. It's not about Joshua. And then right here, remember when I said that, that rebelling against God leads to death? Whoever rebels against your word and does not obey it, whatever you may command them will be put to death. You're going to fall off the cliff if you keep going that way. All you got to do is turn around, head back down the right trail. God doesn't want to keep us from the bad uh, keep us from the good things. He wants to give us the good things. But he can't give us the good things while we're going in the wrong direction because he's not going to break your free will. He's not going to do it. You have free will. You can go in whatever direction you want to. You can believe whatever you want to believe. That doesn't change the rules. Well, I don't really believe all that. Well, fine. You don't believe there's a cliff? Keep heading that way. I'm sorry. You know, I read a deal yesterday that Joan Crawford, the, the famous actress, on her deathbed, a nurse bowed her head and put her fingers like this and started praying for Joan Crawford. And Joan Crawford's last words were, don't you dare ask that God of yours to help me. I bet about three seconds later she had a difference of opinion. And that's sad. Don't let that be you. Don't let that be you. And the last thing, if you want to go all in, I save this. If you want to go all in, you got to do what God wants you to do. you got to uh, go where he wants you to go. Rebelling against God leads to death. If you, if you go the way he tells you not to go, you're going to fall off the cliff. Simple as that. He's not going to push you off. You're choosing to go off. But the last thing that you need to do to go all in is, is found in verse 18. Remember verse 18 said, Whoever rebels against your word and does not obey it, whatever you may command them will be put to death. And then it says this, Only be strong and courageous. If you want to go all in, you can't be no sissy. You're going to have to be strong and courageous. It's not going to be easy. There's going to be times that are going to be tough, but we're going to be there with you. See, just enough isn't good enough. You can't just have just enough God to get you out of a wreck. You can't have just enough Jesus, just this much of Jesus to get you into heaven. And you can't have just enough Holy Spirit. You've got to go all in. Have to go all in. And you know what the thing is? God wants every single one of you in heaven. God wants to fulfill every single one of your dreams. God wants to make every single one of you happy. He wants to make every single one of you successful, not according to the United States capitalistic society, but according to His eternal word. Those things are just going to blow away like chaff in the wind. God wants every single one of you. Well, you know, maybe you think that, don't, don't confuse, God wants every single one of you that God needs you. I mean, he doesn't need you guys. He wants you, but he doesn't need you. He is infinitely perfect, infinitely happy in and, in and of himself. But he loves you so much that he sent his son to die for you. He's not going to do anything else besides that because that one sacrifice was enough. God wants every single one of you, but maybe you think that your past is too rotten. Yeah, you know, you know that thing that you're just thinking about right now that, that you did whenever you were younger? Maybe you did yesterday. Maybe you did this morning. Maybe you're thinking, you know what, that, that's too much. God won't take me. Maybe you think your past is too rotten, and, and, and maybe you think that you just aren't good enough for God to have you. Maybe you think you don't have anything that God could use. I think we've all felt like that at some point in time. And there was this time that, that I went with some friends of mine, he was, he was an older gentleman. He was probably Gary Lauer's age. And, uh, and, uh, <laughs> inside joke. Uh, anyway, he was, he was older than I was, so he's like 29. And um, so we went 
he said, hey, I've got a daughter that lives in Medford, Oregon. He said, do you want to go to Medford, Oregon? Well, yeah. Where's that? He said, well, it's up here. We're going to go all the way across and then go up California, and we're going to go to Oregon. I was like, all right, cool. He said, if you'll just help me drive, I'll pay for everything. I was like, cool. So we drove like 40 days and 40 nights. I didn't know it was going to be a biblical journey. I really didn't. And we got to a place called Siskiyou Pass. Now, we had just passed through Redding, California, and we started up into Siskiyou Pass, and in Redding, California, it was raining straight down. It was not raining straight down in Siskiyou Pass. It was snowing straight down. And as you got up right at the pass, there was a curve, and that curve was banked about like this. And we was in a Cadillac. Poof! And landed up against the curb. Us and about 50 other cars. I mean, we're sitting there, and people in the back are trying to tell people, don't go up there. And guess what? Here they go. And then they're sliding into other cars. And I mean, it's a wreck, people. It's a wreck. And so I was like, what are we going to do? My buddy was like, his name was Buddy. My buddy said, I don't know how to refer to him now. Um, he, said, he said, well, we're just going to have to wait for a tow truck. I said, we don't need no stinking tow truck. Surely we can get out of this. He tried to rock it back and forth. I got on the bumper and jumped up and down. And it moved about like that. <laughs> I didn't have no lead in my britches back then. And um, so anyway, I had an idea. And before it was said and done, I had people going, cowboy, cowboy, come help us. I got over probably over 20 cars from trucks to trailers back on their way. It took a cowboy from West Texas stuck in a blinding snowstorm in a Siskiyou Pass to rescue all of them people. Come back next week and I'll tell you how I did it.